All right, Brandon, thanks so much for joining us. How are you doing this mo this afternoon? Morning for you, actually. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm doing great. Um, you know, really happy to be here and, you know, really happy to, to chat with you guys. Yeah, thanks for giving us the chance to uh, host you at the Wharton FinTech Podcast. Uh, we're super excited. Uh, so just before we dig in and I give you the chance to introduce yourself uh, more broadly, I'll just give a brief blurb introduction and then we can take it from there. Um, so Brandon, uh, hey all the listeners. Uh, so Brandon's the founder of Student Loans Guy, which is a new startup that's trying to help people save money on their student loans. And we're very excited to know exactly what the startup is and what Brandon's planning to do with it. And uh, that's what the purpose of this podcast is. And prior to studying Student Loans Guy, Brandon led some new vertical growth, including the Student Loans Channel at Third Karma. And so super exciting stuff. He's also had a background in strategy and business development with experience in startups, VC consulting, and had an MBA from Berkeley Haas, an engineering degree from West Virginia University. Did I get that right? <laughs> That's right, yeah. That's a great intro. All right, fantastic. So I will give you the chance, and how about you help the audience know a bit more about yourself and your background and why you're starting this company? Yeah, sure. So, um, as you, you know, you kind of went over the overview of my background, but studied engineering when I was in school, also had a bit of an entrepreneurial interest. I actually won a business plan competition while I was an undergrad. So I always had, you know, the idea of wanting to help people and wanting to start my own company and had an interest in technology. Um, but at the time, I felt like you know, I wasn't quite right yet. So as you mentioned, I, you know, into consulting from there, and I was in New York for about four years doing management consulting. So I was with Accenture, and then with uh, a boutique strategy firm called Mars and Company. Learned a lot, traveled a lot, kind of like your your standard management consulting experience. Um, but you know, I thought it was time to, to really you know start to pursue the technology startup world. Um, so moved out to the Bay Area, got my MBA from Berkeley. Um, and in doing so, really started to hit the ground on, on building my network within the, you know, the startup community. So one of the first things I did, I, I was president of the Entrepreneurs Association there, which allowed me to meet a lot, a lot of startups, a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of venture capital people. Um, I got my MBA internship at Evernote when they were still a fairly small company back in 2011. Um, and then worked with the VC fund, Foundation Capital, on helping them find deals within the Berkeley community. Um, so that was you know, a great entry point into that world for me. Um, I also was my first foray into student loans. Um, so I had to take out uh, more than $40,000 in student debt. Luckily, I was able to get some scholarships as well while I was at Berkeley, but still um, you know, came out with a significant chunk of money um, and you know, started to understand more about you know, the problems and the repayment process and the opportunity there. Um, from there, I you know moved into the startup world itself. You know, I wasn't ready to, to start my own company yet. Um, so you know, I worked at a company called Data Logic outside of business school. Uh, it's a company that connects online, offline ads. Um, it's now owned by Oracle, and it's called the Oracle Data Cloud. Uh, moved my way in towards the fintech world um, when I joined a company called Saving Star. Um, which is a way to save money on your groceries. It gives you cash back when you, when you buy from specific stores, either through loyalty cards or through uploading receipts. Um, and then, as you mentioned most recently, before starting Student Loans Guy, I was at Credit Karma. Mm -hmm. And 
this is where, for me, I saw you know both kind of the larger opportunity within fintech, um, and you know being at a company where I felt good about providing a service that really is helpful for people. Um, you know, Credit Karma is really innovative in providing your credit score for free. Um, being the first company to really do that, you know, never really take a credit card as opposed to back in the old days when you know, different bureaus maybe would start with a free service and then charge a monthly fee after that. Um, so really providing a helpful service to people um, and then, you know, understanding that business model is kind of a win-win for everybody. They can, you know, provide something that's good for consumers. They can then, you know, grow their business and then they can help the lenders that they partner with to then find, uh, you know, relevant customers. Um, so great experience there. I got to understand the fintech world really well, especially the lending side. Um, I was leading some of our new verticals, so in particular my focus is on student loans and, and small business loans. Um, but this is where I particularly saw the opportunity in students. Um, so it's a, you know it's a massive market. It's a really complex problem that you know a lot of people aren't necessarily on the right repayment plan. Um, so that's kind of my journey to how I got here. It's, you know kind of kind of been a long and winding road, but um, I've learned a ton along the way, and I think it's prepared me to, to you know to start the company that I'm doing right now. All right, fascinating. So lots of interesting and varied experience in your background over the years, before business school, after business school. So I'm sure it preps you well for your new journey. So before we dig in a bit deeper into like, you know, the other kinds of motivations, it would be helpful for us to know from your perspective, how do you think of the student loan landscape in the US and how it has evolved in the recent years? What kind of opportunities you particularly saw while you were at Credit Karma or when you were getting the loan yourself? And what are the challenges you observe that convince you to start your own company? Yeah, yeah. So for me, you know, the student loan landscape is, is especially once you dig in, it's, it's kind of amazing how much it's really grown. Um, you know, so it was in the last ten years, I think it's grown about two point five x. Um, so there's about a five hundred billion dollar, uh, I guess, market, or you know, about five hundred uh, billion dollars of outstanding loans in two thousand six. By the end of 2015, that's, that was $1.3 trillion. Um, and so there's you know, a couple of things uh, that are, you know, are foundations for that. One being um, you know, federal funding and state funding for colleges has been continuing to decrease over, over the year. So tuitions have risen, and with rising tuitions means rising student loan debt. Um, that's been you know, a big source of that. More people are going to college, which is another. And then uh, in 2010-ish time frame, um, there was a change where the federal government used to back um, federal pri or sorry private uh, student loans with federal subsidies, um, and that changed. Um, so a lot of the private lenders got out of the market. Um, there were you know big banks like Citibank and Bank of America used to do stuff with student loans, um, but basically they found that by providing these subsidies, a lot of these private companies ended up having some problems on kind of steering people towards the wrong loans and things like that. So policy changed that where basically they got rid of the FFEL program, which was the main federal uh, student loan program that was working with private lenders back then. And it's become something where now the federal government actually runs a large majority of the landscape, um, which I think is a good thing because it democratizes the education process. So there's not necessarily a kind of private incentive to, you know, steer people to, to be able to get a loan or be able to attend college. 
um, but it's also completely changed the market. Um, you know, there's still some private lenders available like Sally May and, and Wells Fargo that are in the space, um, but the government is, is the originator for the majority of these loans. Um, and the kind of interesting thing that surfaced after that trend, uh, you know, that, that thing happened is refinancing became, you know, a market. So the government, when they, you know, give out a loan, they're giving the same rate to everybody who's applying. So there's an undergrad rate every year, there's a graduate rate, um, and then there's, there's kind of two levels of graduate rates depending on how much loans you're going to end up taking out. Um, and so that's where private lenders came in around 2012 or so. Um, when Philippi entered the market, they really started with a product that connected alumni from certain schools to students to help them find a lower interest rate. So, you know, if I have a 500 credit score and you have an 800 credit score and we're both getting a 6% loan from the government, SoFi said, well, you know, hey, you person with an 800 credit score, then you could be paying a lot less on your, on your interest. Um, and ultimately, if that's a big loan, save thousands of dollars, you know, over the life of the loan. Um, so that was kind of the, the foundation of the refinance market. It was really created by SoFi and trying to find these young people we call Henry's, which are high earners, not yet rich um, type of people, to get younger people more involved um, in kind of the new uh, quote-unquote banking system, I guess. Um, you know, they've since kind of shifted that model, and now they're selling their loans through securitizations as opposed to doing the alumni funding. Right. Um, but, you know, after, after SoFi started to do that, then there was, you know, other entrants like Common Bond, Earnest, um, Lenkey does this by partnering with, specifically with community banks. Um, and then there's been a few mainstream banks that kind of got back into it, um, like Citizens Bank, for example, is one that's kind of pushed heavier in the student loan refi market um, as well. And then on the other side, from the, from the federal perspective, they've created a lot more assistance plans or, you know, try to get the word out on that. Um, and that could be forgiveness plans, such as if you uh, public service forgiveness, if you work for a nonprofit or the government, or if you're a teacher, there's, there's plans for teachers specifically as well. Um, and then there's income-driven repayment plans, which, you know, help people who are struggling to make their, their monthly payments. They can lower them based on their income, um, and they can get on, you know, the right plan that will eventually get their loans forgiven after a period of time. Even though one thing to be cautious on those plans is for the income-driven, you can actually be taxed on the amount forgiven um, oh, wow. at the end of it. Um, for the public service forgiveness, there's no, no tax on those. But the thing is, like, so there's, there's a lot of options now. It's kind of, you know, everything we just talked about is kind of a confusing and complex space. Um, and, you know, there's not really, I would say, a good way for people to, you know, find those um, in an easy way. So that's you know, kind of the reason that, you know, I started what, I, you know, what I'm doing right now. So very interesting. So just something you mentioned there, right? So you talked about the fact that the way SoFi came about was everybody was getting the same loan from the federal government at the same 6% rate. And then SoFi came and said that because you have a better credit history, we can refinance you at a lower rate. So did companies like SoFi only were in the refinancing market or were they originating loans themselves? So when SoFi, when they originally started, they were only doing student loan refinance. Um, so they've, they've since added a you know, handful of other things for a period of time, and I think they're actually not providing it right now. They're providing in-pool loans for MBAs and for some other people. I think they've pulled out of that market, at least temporarily, because you know, the federal government rates have dropped, um, so they don't maybe see that as a market. 
But for SoFi, it's been interesting, you know, to watch them grow because, you know, student loan refi was the way to really, you know, the first way to help these young people save money and kind of the easiest channel because that's the biggest debt and that's what they're burdened with, um, right. especially, you know, in, in their 20s and whatever. But then they've tried to, and they have, you know, provided, they now have mortgages, um, they have personal loans, they have uh, life insurance, um, and, you know, they can continue to kind of add these other products. We're going um, down to the surfaces. <laughs> yeah, the, sur the surface audience, yeah. No, that, that's fascinating. I think that's a very valuable background into how the student loan landscape looks like. So given the fact that we already have a bunch of these private lenders now trying to refinance based on different aspects and not just your credit scores, but they're looking at different kinds of things as well, where exactly does student loans guy fit in? What are you trying to do? And what's the idea? And what's the pain point that you are trying to address in this whole market? Yeah, yeah. So for me, basically the idea is, you know, and the reason I kind of started the company is, you know, I've always felt that, you know, higher education should be attainable for, for everyone. Um, you know, I think the, fe the federal student loan plan, I think, provides access to, you know, to anyone to attend college, which I think is a great thing. But, you know, as I, as I alluded to, I think the problem is it doesn't do a good job of actually preparing students for what to do after college, um, you know, and finding the right repayment plan and, you know, making that process pretty easy. Um, you know, seven in ten people of, of college graduates have student loans. Um, typically, if they, you know, they take loans out more than one year, they're dealing with multiple servicers, multiple accounts to make those payments. You know, millennials are delaying, you know, other kind of larger decisions. They're living with their parents. They're delaying home purchases. Um, and on top of that, you know, I think actually what's really been interesting is even MBAs, a lot of people, there's just not a level of awareness. MBAs don't know, or at least some of them don't know still that they could be refinancing their loans. You know, mm -hmm. I talk to people, I just assume everybody knows that, um, especially, you know, more business savvy people. And I still think there's not kind of a level of awareness of both kind of the refinancing options or the government plans that are out there. Um, and another thing that, that, I, that I'm trying to overcome and, you know, that was kind of a foundation of the idea is there's a lot of actually kind of scammy companies out there that are trying to do things, um, not necessarily on the refi side, but, you know, they're trying to connect people to these government plans or saying, hey, pay us a fee and we'll help you do that. When, you know, what I'm trying to do is, you know, that you don't need to pay to be on those plans. That's a free service. And so I'm just trying to make that easy for people to find the right government plan. And, you know, what we're providing is, you know, I, I've taken a lot of kind of pages out of the credit karma book in designing and building student loans guy. Um, the idea being, you know, if I can provide something that's really simple for people to use, that's always free for people to use, um, you know, that guides people towards, you know, the right plan. So, you know, if it's not, you know, a credit score, a credit report, a credit karma, it's, you know, finding the right student loan plan. Um, and if you can make that easy for people, you're solving a very large problem. You're making something that's complex you know, really easy. And, you know, when I was at, at Credit Karma, we did hundreds of interviews with people. Nobody really knew, you know, what their options are. And ultimately, if you count up all the opportunities that people who are not on the right repayment plan, there's really billions of dollars that are being left on the table. Um, and at this point today, there's really no clear or easy tool to help people find the best plan for them. Um, so our goal is just make it simple, make it easy, make it accessible. Um, you know, it's available on mobile. Um, you know, it's, it's very easy to use. So if somebody can, you know, in 60 seconds, find the right, the right repayment plan for them. They're, they don't have an excuse to say, well, it's too complicated or I don't know. Um, so that's, that's basically what we're looking to do is make it easy to compare lenders, to find the right plan, um, really to serve all people that have student loans.
So interesting. So just to be clear on that, right? So basically, if I'm a person starting graduate school and I'm looking for a loan, you, your your startup or your 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 app or website can help me figure out, you know, what plan is the best for me given my history and my needs. And even if I have to refinance, you can compare across private lenders and tell me that this lender is going to give you the best rate and the best terms and conditions for your particular situation. Is that the idea? Yeah, yeah, that's the idea generally. So, I mean, and our starting point is really around the repayment process. Um, because when most of the people that are in school, typically the federal government loan is the best because it provides a lot of benefits. The rates have been a bit lower recently. Um, and most people aren't necessarily searching a lot of the time on that. They just say, okay, here's what's available from the federal government. Um, but typically when they actually graduate and they get a bill and they have to start repaying, they're like, oh, like <laughs> now I have to actually <laughs> pay this back. Um, you know, what are the best things that I could be doing, and how is this, how do I find this in a way that's simple and not overwhelming? Right. Um, you know, we do have we do have information on the site, and you know, continuing to add tools around, you know, helping people find the best loan in school, and if they already have a high credit score, if they have a co-signer, um, or they're already making income, uh, maybe if they're going on a part-time plan, they can actually get a better rate from a private lender, but. Um, typically, a lot of younger people, you know, they're, if they go with a private lender, the rates typically could be a bit higher, um, right. and I think they're just going to get the loan that whatever they can get that's available. And then I think most of the time they don't think about the savings opportunities until it's time to start repaying. Interesting. So uh, to actually like execute on this plan, uh, do you have partnerships with existing private lenders already? Like, how are you planning on, you know, actually? implementing this whole like idea of comparing different kinds of lenders for repayment, especially when you have to start paying back once you graduate from uh, whatever program you're in. Yeah, absolutely. So um, one of the great things about starting the company um, is that yeah, I had relationships and you know, still have relationships, obviously, with a lot of the companies in the space. So we do have partnerships um, in place with SoFi, uh, Ernest, Common Bond, um, Lenkey, oh. And College Avenue on the student on the student loan refi side. We also have partnerships in place with um, a few other companies that provide complementary services, either around personal finance like Credit Karma, um, if you know if you're looking to find your credit score for free, um, or personal capital, you know if you're looking for ways to manage your money better. And then also on the educational side, so I have a partnership with a test press company called Magoosh and with textbook company Chegg. Um, so yeah, we're trying to you know we provide kind of all these helpful resources, not only specifically around refi, but you know if people are trying to you know find other ways to you know, manage their money or save money, you know as part of the education process, um, we do have all those partnerships already live. So that, that's fascinating, and uh, it's great that you already have such a good starting point for where you want to go with this. But given the fact that you were at Credit Karma and a bunch of the ideas you are mentioning, you know that was the inception of the whole idea. Uh, do you think that a company like Red Karma can also do something like this, or it makes sense to have a separate company dealing with student loans in this particular problem? Um, yeah, I mean, so Credit Karma, I, I think, can eventually, I think, do something in this space. Um, you know, they can see from the credit report if somebody has outstanding student debt. Um, you know, I was obviously working on this channel there. Um, I think there's an opportunity for them. It's just a, a company like Credit Karma is trying to do something that helps everybody, you know, from a personal finance perspective. You know, if you think about, um, you know, your, your credit score, every adult essentially in the U.S. has a credit report or a credit score. Um, so they're trying to serve, I would say, a larger market. Um, and you know, in doing so, they need to create products that you know tailor 
to those people a bit more. Um, so, you know, that's why they release a tax product because everybody right. needs to fill out their taxes. Um, or that's why credit cards is really a big source uh, for them because, you know, everybody typically, you know, has a credit card or it's a you know, much more mass market. Where I think something like student loans, you know, they're not necessarily seen as being, you know, somebody that helps on that. Um, you know, for them, it's still, you know, even though there's 45 million people that have student, student loans in the U.S., um, you know, maybe it's not as much of a priority. And so, you know, what I found is I think a lot of people with student loans are looking for, you know, one, a source that they can trust that, you know, not only is pushing them towards one specific product, and that's what I think that, you know, what we're building here is, um, you know, we're not saying, hey, go to this one lender. We're saying, hey, you qualify for refi. Here are five different lenders that you should check out or compare. Or if it's not refi, here's all these, here's the government plan stuff for you. Um, and in doing so, you know, there, we can be seen as the source for student loans as opposed to, you know, I think a, a credit karma is focused on, you know, maybe, you know, larger issues, whether that's you know, your credit score or your tax. And, you know, I think at some point if they want to, you know, start pushing more towards, you know, the student loan space, um, then, you know, may, maybe they'll do that. But I think that they, you know, they're busy with, with some other things for now. Yeah, I mean, that, that makes sense. And I think so that specialization aspect is really what helps you out here. And I'm guessing it's actually very beneficial for your for the other partners like Common Bond or SoFi as well, because this is an additional channel through which they can get customers. And I think a lot of these companies are all about transparency. And you are serving that exact need by giving people the right kinds of options that they have given their situation. Exactly. And another thing to add on to that is, you know, it's another thing that I learned from my time at Credit Karma is not only are, you know, is it a win-win, for win-win-win really for everybody in that, you know, hey, I'm growing my company, hey, I'm helping people save money, and hey, I'm helping the lender um, actually get new customers. But the lenders really like it because, you know, on my site, I'm, you know, if people go through the decision tool, I'm actually, quote-unquote, kind of pre-qualifying them or I'm sending them right. traffic that, that actually fits the type of criteria that they're looking for, you know, that have a certain income level or a certain credit score. And actually, so I'm, I'm bringing them higher quality traffic, better traffic. It makes things, you know, much more efficient for them as they're bringing in, uh, you know, potentially new customers. No, I mean, uh, that's sort of like, as you talk about this, that, that, that clearly stands out as like something that is like a differentiated value proposition from your perspective right now. So if, if, if you think about this company and where you want to take it, what do you think is the end goal in your mind right now? You know, where do you see the company being in like the next six months to one year and even over the longer term and a longer time horizon? You know, we want to be that company that's known to help you with your student loans. Um, and of course, you know, there's there's other things that we could add on beyond that, but that's, that's our focus right now. Um, you know, we could eventually do things that help in more areas within the education space. Um, or other areas that, you know, help people with different parts of personal finance. But, um, you know, I think we're kind of heads down on being the source of student loans at this point, and then we can always kind of figure out, you know, what we can do beyond that. No, that, that, that's fascinating, and I think all of that resonates and makes sense of the kind of vision you're heading towards. Uh, so now, like, changing gears a little bit and talking more about, you know, your specific journey. So how many months has it been since you've been working on this? You know, when did you start? Where do you, where are you right now? What kind of things are you focusing on? And what is really keeping you busy these days? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot that's keeping me busy. Um, so, you know, I would say at this point, um, for me, I think, you know, I started this in October. Um, I started as a solo founder. Um, so, you know, that's been, you know, a bit of a challenge. 
Um, but you know, it's been it's been good. We got you know the site built, we have the school built, we have partnerships in place. Uh, my focus now is really just you know bringing on some new hires that that understand the market, that you know have a have a passion for this specific space. Um, and the next phase is really growth. It's all about growth. It's, you know, it's building awareness. Um, it's driving traffic. You know, for me, there's you know, there's a lot of ideas, but you know, ideas you know are kind of endless. It's all about execution at this point. Um, so you know, we're going through the, the UC launch startup accelerator at Berkeley right now. Um, it's been really nice. helpful, and so we're just starting to starting to have some fundraising conversations as well, um, so we can put some fuel to the fire. But um, you know, for me, it's been you know, I would say if I could, you know, provide, if I could look back even when, to when I started and things that maybe I'd, I would have changed, um, you know, it would have been nice to maybe have a co-founder with me that has some complementary skills. I think I could move, you know, a bit faster. Um, and also, I think another kind of lesson learned uh, along the way is really in building a consumer product, you know, you need to make things, you know, dead simple for, pe for people to use. Um, you know, so I initially launched kind of the beta version of the site, primarily just with some content. Um, you know, and the, and the finding was, you know, most people like to take information in just small bits, and they're looking for an easy solution, you know, that's also personalized for them. Um, so that was really the, you know, the, the, the impetus to build the tool that we've built. Um, and, you know, like I said, at this point, it's all about kind of growth and, you know, awareness building um, to get it out there. Nice, and so, uh, so just if I got that correctly, so are you just working by yourself right now, and that's that's what the situation is? Um, so I have a couple of people that are part-time employees working with me, um, and there's potential to hire, I think, a couple of more potentially that could be full-time. Um, but yeah, so I you know I'm working with an engineer, a marketing person, a design person, uh, content. So it's kind of just been a hodgepodge of things at this point, and yeah, I think that's part of bootstrapping a company. Um, yeah. But you know, I think getting something to a place where I think you you have a large market, you have a unique product, um, and you know, just feeling it's time to scale. And and not only that, you know, hiring and recruiting is you know something that's you know I think of underrated um, value <laughs> that I think for a lot of people. And you know, telling the story, and not only that, not only finding people who say hey, maybe I'd be interested in doing this, but you know, hey, I want to do this, and like I believe in this vision, and you know, we're gonna you know tackle this, and you know, we're gonna try this, this, and this. Um, so that's really, you know, you need that if, if you want to keep, you know, continue to try to build a company. Absolutely. And I think it's very funny you say that because I think I was speaking with one of my other friends a few days ago who also founded a company and uh, he said the same thing to me that, uh, you know, you hear about like how important hiring is and, you know, culture is, but unless you're in that situation, you don't fully appreciate how important these things are because every single person you're bringing on board is defining the culture of your company and it's so much more important to like you know focus all your energy on this but like of course there's a bunch of other things to figure out as well but finding the balance i'm sure is very very challenging yeah no absolutely so that, that's uh, that's that's fascinating and so given your background in that so you obviously have been in the startup space for a long time you've been in the tech industry you've you know had like this like very interesting experiences all sorts of skill sets but do you also have like the hardcore programming skill sets you need to build a technology product? Are you working with someone? And how do you like how, how do you how do you manage that? Yeah, so for me, um, you know, I'm wearing a lot of hats, and that's something that, you know you're gonna have to do if you know you're starting a company. You, even if you have a co-founder, there's always a million things to do. Um, so for me, I think 
it's it's good having a technical background. Um, you know, I'm not you know writing code day to day. It's not you know my particular kind of skill set. I think it's good that you know I've worked closely with product and with engineering in my past roles. I think that's also a really good thing about working in startups in general. Is you know before I started this, my my the title of my role was business development. Um, but if I was at a large company, maybe I'd only be thinking about you know different types of partnerships. Where you know working in startups is not only am I getting partnerships in place, but I'm working closely with product to say, hey, if we built this, we could get this new partnership or you know, whatever it may be. So you know, I've had a lot of experience you know managing kind of the product roadmap and product strategy um, and working with engineers. Um, so I think that that's helped me to kind of lay out what I'm looking to build and then you know work closely with engineers to kind of define the requirements and um, to, to get that type of stuff. Um, you know, in place. Mm, interesting. And another related question, actually. So, what's the story behind the name? Did you just think that this is something that it just makes sense as people read it, or is there something more beyond, like you choosing student loans guy as a name for your startup? Yeah, yeah. So for me, it was you know I obviously wanted to have something around student loans in the name. Um, you know, as I mentioned, the goal was to really be the source for people, um, or to really you know the idea being. You know, if somebody's looking for advice on student loans, you'd be like, hey, you know, you got to figure whatever out, whatever out, you got to figure out the right plan. And then there's kind of this idea of like, oh, I got a guy for that type of thing. Um, <laughs> so, you know, the idea of like, oh, you, what's wrong with your student loans? Or, hey, you're struggling with student debt. Well, like, hey, I got a guy, you know, student loans guy. Um, and so you'll see actually, you know, as I'm thinking through different kind of marketing tactics as well, um, I think I'll probably build that into some of what we're doing. Um, but the idea is really just being this kind of helpful source, um, you know, for people with student loans and, you know, kind of a simple, easy to remember name. Yeah, I think this is very catchy because I think the first time you told me the name, I'm like, huh, that's interesting. Because mostly people will try and come up with something that's like, you know, not a word or something, but this is just like descriptive and it's there and I think it makes sense. So that's fantastic. And uh, so given the fact that you've been on this since October, you know, what really has sort of kept you up at night the most and what do you think have been your biggest learnings in, in, in the journey over the past four or five months? Yeah, yeah. So for me, it's really been, I think, as, as I mentioned, you know, bringing on passionate people who want to work on the problem. Um, that's been a big, big thing for me. Um, you know, providing something that's really simple for people to use. So, you know, that's something I've learned and uh, has been really helpful. I think perseverance is key. Um, so, you know, starting a company, you're going to be on a roller coaster ride. You know, you're going to have, you know, your ups and your downs kind of continuously. Um, and the thing I'd say is, like, you know, just, you know, you can't take anything too seriously. You can't get too high on the highs or too down on the lows. Um, you know, there's just always going to be things that come up, and you, know, you got to just keep pushing through and, you know, keeping your on your on your vision. Another thing is, is, you know, be ready to be wrong a lot. So, you know, for me, um, you know, I just need to keep testing and learning. Um, you know, I might, coming from, like, a business strategy background, I think one of the traps that a lot of MBA people fall into is, you know, I think that they, uh, you know, kind of over-strategize things. And, you know, what I've been trying to do is, you know, I have an idea, let me test that, let me see if that works. If it works, great, let me double down. If it didn't work, you know, let me try something else. Um, and you're not going to know that unless you keep iterating and kind of, you know, following kind of the lean startup methodology. 
Um, and the other thing that's been, you know, I, I would say that's been important that helps keep me sane and, you know, not not up all night worrying about everything is you're creating a support system. So, you know, I have a bunch of friends that are also running their own companies and just continuing to kind of talk with them on a regular basis. And if, hey, hey, if I'm trying to figure out, you know, Facebook ads, for example, uh, you know, I have a friend who's done that really, really well, maybe a completely different space, but let me talk to him and figure out, you know, his tactics um, and, you know, what's worked for him and just have like a sounding board. Um, right. I think that that's been really helpful, especially as a, as a single co-founder or single founder really to you know, keep your sanity and, uh, you know, to try to, you know, optimize your time as much as possible. Because even though you do want to be trying a lot of things, you also want to learn from what other people have done and, you know, use that to your benefit. Very valuable things. I mean, especially around the fact that, you know, the, the, the bias for action and not just getting stuck in the strategy world and thinking about the best solution without doing anything. I think it's certainly, uh, you know, good advice for MBA students. On a, and on that similar note, right, something that we always love to ask at the Washington Tech Podcast is, uh, we obviously are a, a business school and we go and travel, meet, meet a bunch of startups and tech companies, fintech companies. And you see a bit of aversion towards MBAs precisely for the fact that sometimes they can come in too entitled. Sometimes they don't want to roll up their sleeves and get their, get their hands dirty. Uh, so given the fact that you've been in the space for such a long time and now you've also taken the plunge and you know, starting your own company, which is a very bold and very brave move, uh, any advice you have for budding entrepreneurs, especially coming from business school and what things they need to watch out for as they're trying to launch their business and work at a small company in this space? Yeah, so I, I mean, I would say, um, you know, one, if you're interested in entrepreneurship, um, you know, I would say pursue your dreams. You know, you, you, you never know if you don't try. Um, and, you know, if you're not quite ready, you know, one of the things that I did is, you know, I spent some time working in startups so I could, you know, understand kind of how that works. I could learn from successful leaders. Um, and at the same time, I think if you're an MBA who's interested, you know, in, in, in the startup world, it's, it's a different type of, uh, job environment than you're going to get if you're, um, you know, if you're looking for, um, you know, you're kind of a, your traditional type of MBA job. So I think, you know, the advice I give is, you know, a little bit of what I mentioned before, I think, you know, don't, don't be afraid to try. You know, I think if you're trying something, continue to kind of test it out. Find other like-minded people um, who are passionate about the same idea. Um, you know, you, got, you need to persevere. You got to keep pushing. Um, and, you know, it, working in the startup world or working as an entrepreneur um, allows you to wear a lot of hats, to learn a lot of things really quickly. You're going to, you know, you'll do that much more faster than if you're, um, you know, working at a banking job or working at a more traditional job that is a bit more defined. I think you can get, you know, some specific expertise in certain functions in that role. But, you know, as an entrepreneur, um, you know, I think just, just know your problem, know the market, try to find product market fit. Find people who are, you know, provide complementary skills that can be helpful and, you know, be ready for, you know, ups and downs that come with it, but know that you're going to learn a ton um, and, you know, it, that's, that's part of the, the fun part of the journey. All right. Um, very wise closing words. Um, uh, I think we are just uh, coming at the end of our time. So, Brandon, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us. Uh, it's exciting to know about your journey, your motivation, your passion and how, how strongly you feel about this problem. And we hope student loans guide us very, very well. And uh, is the site oh, live you. already for our listeners to use, or will that be up in a few weeks, few months? What's the timeline like? 
So the site is live, the scroll is live. Um, I mean, we're constantly iterating it and improving it, but um, but yes, yeah, you can go to studentloansguy.com um, right now, and then if you're looking for a specific tool that we've developed to find you know, your plan to see how easy that is, um, it's just right on the homepage, find your savings plan. Um, but yes, yes, it's live, and you know, we're you know, love to hear continual feedback. We're constantly iterating and improving things. Um, so yeah, check it out. Uh, we'll definitely check it out here. We wish you all the best here, and uh, definitely we hope to be in touch, and good luck with everything. All right. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Thanks.